Hello, hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to another episode of Follow Your Feel Good, the podcast. It is your host, Katie Hoddle, here on another beautiful Feel Good Friday, ready to have a conversation with you about something that I am deeply passionate about. And I just felt so called to bring this conversation to the podcast today um, because one, this passion of mine is so deep, so dear to my heart, such a driver in my soul and is the number one reason that I've really begun to make this 180 switch in my career, why I started my new business, The Feel Good Nook. I want to dive into that a little bit. I never really told you what this business is or what it is shaping to be. Um, But another reason I want to have this conversation today, which I'll share with you in a minute what it is, is because I had an experience over this past week where I was a witness to a conversation that gave me a little bit of the ick, okay? It was in regards to food, to nutrition, to health. And let me tell you right now, there is this unspoken rule, at least in my mind, um, that I've learned from experience as a dietitian. People do not want to hear your unsolicited advice when we're just like at a family function, okay? Nobody cares. They don't want to hear what you have to say. They don't want your education. Food and nutrition, it's a very personal and sensitive subject, right? Like we all have our own very unique and personal relationships to and about food and nutrition and health. And there is a time and place where I feel it is appropriate for me to raise my hand, speak up, give my two cents. An example, this podcast, the internet. (laughs) Family functions typically aren't one of them. I just kind of sit back and observe. Does that mean that many times I'm not wanting to absolutely crawl out of my skin as a witness to the conversation or just kind of lose my cool and jump across the dinner table being like, stop that nonsense? Sure, I'm human. Sue me. Okay, but for the most part, I I do my best to just kind of be a witness to what's going on and then I'll save it to talk about it um, on the pod, which is what we're doing today. (laughs) Um, So what I want to talk to you about is is just kind of this perception and this idea about health, our relationship to it, our perception of it and our just idea of the role that we have in our own health. So just to give you a little bit of a snippet of what this conversation I witnessed this past week was, and there really was just this one line that struck me, that stuck out to me, and full transparency, not the first time I've heard it, probably will not be the last, because it is so telling about what we as kind of a collective have been taught to believe about health, okay? So so here's what was said is, you don't have to worry about that until you're older. You're young, you don't have to worry about that anyway, right? And this is in regards to 
eating certain foods, eating a certain amount of certain things, taking certain healthful actions, right? Someone was having a conversation about it and the response was, you don't have to worry about that. You're young. Don't worry about it till you're older, okay? And let's talk about why this makes my skin crawl. So our idea, just as a collective, as a society, what we have really been taught health is, is being adequately medicated, right? Having access to medication, to healthcare, like going to the hospital, getting our yearly checkups, um, getting our bones fixed when we're broken, right? Very focused on reactive measures when it comes to our health. Okay, and let me preface everything I'm going to say by saying that all of that, our modern medicine, our modern healthcare, well, I mean, there are plenty of conversations I can have about that, but medication and getting our bones fixed like these are all wonderful things they have a time they have a place they are necessary and they're wonderful I'm not here to talk shit about that but what I am here to talk shit about is how we have been made to perceive that we have no hand on our own health and well-being that what it means for us to be healthy is to be adequately medicated that when we start to struggle with certain health issues we notice certain signs and symptoms we get diagnosed with heart disease high blood pressure pre-diabetes whatever it may be that is when you have to start giving a shit about your health. That is when you have to start taking measures to quote unquote, be healthy. And that's not even quite what the conversation is then. It's more so manage the symptoms, you know, mask the symptoms, okay? Take this medication and and make these changes. That way you're not experiencing these symptoms that come along with whatever the illness, ailment, or disease is that you are now struggling with because that's what we do. We react to the problem once it's arised. That is what the conversation has primarily been when it comes to health. And so I cannot blame anyone for feeling or having this sentiment of, oh, you know what, don't worry about that until you have to worry about it. Don't worry about it till you're older, right? There's no reason for you to care right now. You're young and healthy. When you're sick, that's when you should start caring, okay? And like I said, I can't blame anyone for having that kind of train of thought or perspective of health because that is what the conversation has predominantly been our entire lives for many, many years, okay? And I just want to make it so clear right now where I stand on this, that is not what health means, that, that can be a, a form of health, but that is reactive. Health, true health, true wellness, true well-being, the conversation should be on what we are capable of and in the power of choosing and doing to take proactive measures for our health, our wellness, and our overall well-being. 
Okay, and and let me say too, make it very clear that yes, I'm very much speaking about like our physical health. I am also speaking about our mental health because yes, you also have the power to be proactive and take actions to support your mental health as well. Another conversation that is not had much at all, right? There are many people who are starting to kind of delve into this idea of, um, you know, spreading the concept of being proactive with our health and wellness. There are very few conversations about being proactive when it comes to mental health. Um, And, you know, I'm sure and hopeful that that will become a part of the conversation as well. I am not fearful of starting that conversation at all. Um, Something I'm very passionate about. But anyway, we currently as a collective, repeating myself again, just to really nail the point home here, we really as a collective have been taught to believe that health is reactive when in reality, what it should be, the way that we should be viewing our own health and wellness is through taking proactive measures, is being proactive in supporting our bodies, our minds, in in supporting our health in both of those areas so we never get to the point where we develop certain illnesses, diseases, and ailments, okay? Like, just to put this into perspective, because... I know that maybe even it's popping up in your mind right now. There's always the conversation of, oh, well, what about genetics? Like some of this just is so not avoidable. You're right. You're right. Genes and DNA absolutely do play a part in certain diseases and illnesses in mental health issues. Of course, I am not discounting that by any means, but I want to make it so clear that it is just a part it is one piece of the puzzle. It is It is not just like, oh, sorry, you have crappy genetics, crappy DNA, and you got to deal with it for the next 100 years if you can make it that long. Like, no, there are so... Okay, pause. I just made that very dark. I needed to like... Someone tell a joke. Someone tell a joke. Just me. So I, I don't... I can't come up with one real quick. <laughs> I'm sorry. That just got so dark for a second. But... I mean, it's true. I just, I'm very passionate about this. There are so many other pieces to the puzzle besides just genetics and DNA. There are so many controllables to that you have control of, you have power over in order to support your health and prevent yourself from ever developing certain illnesses and diseases and ailments. To put this into perspective, the top 10 leading causes of death in the United States, as per this year, um, are inflammatory diseases. And number 10, the 10th leading cause of death is suicide. Okay, every single one of these causes of death could be prevented through proactive measures. And I will die on that hill. I will die on that hill. Anyone can come to me with a counter argument to that. No, no. All leading causes of death, all top 10 leading causes of death are caused by inflammatory diseases. They are all inflammatory diseases. Things that could have been prevented 
if we just focused on proactive health measures. And you know what? I hope that shakes you to the core because it gets it gets me fired up. Obviously, I I'm I'm probably screaming into this microphone right now. I'm so sorry for your earbuds. <laughs> I'm so so sorry. It just it really gets me fired up because we look at this list, health professionals look at this list, researchers look at these li- this list, anyone can look at this list and see the top 10 leading causes of death. And, you know, someone like me, and I, I'm not, you know, going to discredit my education. I'm, I know I'm a very intelligent woman. I have, I have the, the um, education to understand these sorts of things, but you know, there are doctors and researchers and so many people who could look at this and be like, oh, you know what? We could start, you know, educating about how to take proactive measures, how to nourish the body, how to move the body, how to manage stress, how to be more mindful, how to process emotions, how to support mental health and well-being, how to really take these proactive measures and this list can change these can no longer be the top leading causes of death we could prevent so many of these deaths from happening we can limit more suffering in our country and and really support people in living higher quality lives as healthier and happier human beings wouldn't that be beautiful? That would be amazing. That would be such a wonderful use of our time and our education and our resources. That's not what the conversation is. And a simple answer to that, um, which I'm sure has more complicated conversations behind that, but a very simple answer to why is because medications where the money is. Reactive healthcare is where the money is. Okay, you aren't going to make the big bucks by encouraging people to eat more fruits and vegetables and to go to therapy and, and process emotions, right? Like that's not where the money is. The money is in that little prescription pad. It's unfortunate. It's sick. It's sad. It's true. It's true. Um, And throughout conversations that I have had with so many people, with when I begin working with clients, with family members, with friends, with anyone really, and something that I experienced myself before I really went through my own journey and experiences, which I'll I'll get into a little bit more of an example in a second, but something that I've, I've noticed is that we have all kind of been stripped of our power, right? We've been made to feel very disempowered when it comes to our health um, and our our well-being and, and just kind of our role in all of that, right? It's always the conversation, you know, you go to your yearly physical and they're, you're like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this. And they're like, oh, well, here's, here's a pill for it. Or there's nothing that you can really do about it. Deal with it. Um... I, a personal example here, I used to struggle very (laughs) severely with hormonal acne, okay? I had horrible, horrible, painful acne, right? Like when I say horrible, I'm I'm mostly talking about like, yeah, it wasn't 
I didn't love seeing it on my skin, but it was so painful and so uncomfortable. And I would always go to the dermatologist and every time, um, and you know what, maybe you already know what exactly what they did because you had the same experience, right? Like I would go in, they would take a look at my skin. They'd be like, okay, here's a topical and here's an antibiotic, right? And for years, for years, this was always just like kind of how it went. And I kind of knew to expect that and it never really worked. And I was like, is there final time I went to the dermatologist for this, I was like, look, I don't really have an interest in taking more antibiotics. Like I'm a dietitian. I really care about what I put in my body. And I know there has to be, you know, something that I can do, right? Like besides take antibiotics. And they're like, no, that's it. That's your only hope is coming to us and getting a prescription for antibiotics. Again, no shade to dermatologists, no shade at all wonderful people necessary for very certain things in this situation i was very frustrated um and it felt very disempowering right you you struggle with an ailment a pain a um a physical symptom and the answer is always like oh we'll go to your doctor and see if they can prescribe you something right it it's very the conversation is never, oh, well, how about you try switching this up? Or how about you try adding this into what you're eating? Or maybe you could try incorporating some more stress management tools or getting some more sleep or trying out this nutrient that maybe you're missing and this is a cause for this, right? That is never, never what somebody says to you first, unless you're talking to like the right people. <laughs> but for the most part, and in my experience and many of the people that I, I know and, and speak to and their experience, it's always go to someone else for the answer. Go and get a medication to resolve whatever it is that you are struggling with. It's very disempowering. Um, I, I had an experience with even a, um, oh, I'll get back to that story. Let me let me finish my story about the acne. Okay, so I left this dermatologist and I was so frustrated. I remember being in my car crying. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Like I've been struggling with this for five plus years, honestly, probably longer. And still they have no better solution for me. Nothing. It's still antibiotics and a topical cream. Like obviously this isn't working. It, it would work for short term and then I'd stop doing it. And it would come back right? Because they were just treating the symptom. And so I, this was, this was happening in the same time when I was really struggling with body image, with my weight, with food, like just, just kind of a mess, you guys. Like I was just kind of a mess um, when it came to my health and my body. And um, I'll get deeper into that story in another podcast episode. But I kind of went on this year journey of I'm going to step into my power and like become my own healer and like fix my relationship with food, my body and et cetera, et cetera. This was kind of wrapped up all in that. And so I was like, I'm going to see if I can figure this out for myself. And Instead of just focusing on the symptom, I want to figure out what's causing this. Like, what is causing me to have this painful acne, right? There's no way I was just dealt a bad hand of cards. And, you know, I'd look at my my mom and my dad and my sisters and, and they didn't struggle with acne the way that I was. You know, I was like, what? Like, we have the same genes and DNA. Like, what the hell is going on? I want to get to the root of it. I want to figure out what's going on. And... 
So I started doing, you know, research and what I was learning in school and getting to know my body right? There's so much power in both getting to know the body, right? How it works um, by textbook, like on a very biological level. And then there is so much power in getting to know your specific individual body. And so on this year of my self-healing, I was able to really get to know my body on a level where I uncovered what the root cause of was of what the root cause of my painful acne was. Over-exercising, chronic stress, hormones out of whack, a gut that needed healing, a result of years of hormonal birth control, right? There was just like this culmination of things that I was able to uncover for myself of what was going on, and then I was able to heal it at the root. And let me tell you, I healed my acne. I no longer struggle with painful acne in the way that I was. Sure, I still get a breakout. Come on, I'm human. And but but with that being said, I know why it's happening. Right. Right now, I've got I've got some like painful cystic bumps, like a few literally. Ah, I wish I could share a photo with you. Maybe I'll put it up on my Instagram page so you can see it. But um, it is nothing like what it used to be. I'll get a cystic bump every once in a while. And I know, oh, you know what? I've been eating a little bit more sugar than usual, or I wasn't super mindful about stabilizing my blood sugar. I haven't been eating as much fiber. I've been a little bit more stressed out. The weather is changing. Like I know what causes me to develop this now. And that is so freaking empowering to know your body like that because then it means you get to do something about it. I'm not over here like, oh, I hate my skin, my stupid face, my body hates me. I'm like, okay, this is a signal from my body that this is what's happening at the root. And so these are the steps I'm going to take to resolve it, to heal it, to prevent it from happening in the future. Obviously, acne is a, um, you know what, I was going to say it is a minor example. And I guess, you know, comparing that to something like diabetes and heart disease and um, things of that nature, it is minor, but it, it wasn't minor to me. And if you struggle with acne, you're like, no, it is not minor to me either. It's uncomfortable. It's painful. It's a pain in the ass. I get it. But this is just a simple example of how powerful it can be when we become empowered with our own health and well-being. When we learn how to work in a partnership with our body, to take proactive measures, to treat at the root instead of treating at the symptom, how much power you truly have over your health, your well-being, and your quality of life, your potential in preventing issues from happening right now, but also down the road, right? Taking care of yourself now to support your quality of life down the road and your longevity. Because here's the thing, and this is just a fact, our modern medicine, medication, while it is extending our our life expectancy, right? People are living longer. People are also suffering more. 
Okay, people are also suffering more. There is such a huge difference between being alive and actually living. Actually living a life that feels good to live, that you feel good in living. There is such a difference. And so I share this conversation with you today because I... I kind of wanted to get those brain juices flowing. I really just wanted to offer you new, a new perspective about health and wellness and also give you a little taste of this idea of stepping into your power when it comes to your health and your wellness and your well-being and knowing that the people who have kind of created the narrative about what health means, they don't necessarily have your best interests in mind. If you're okay with your relationship to health and your idea of health remaining as, you know what, I'll just treat this with a with a medication when it's time, you know, do you, girl, do you. Um, but if your idea of truly living and being healthy means having more energy, being, you know, happier, feeling better, living a higher quality life, having more longevity, uh, preventing any kind of pain and suffering and struggle with disease and illness down the road, start stepping into your power. Start looking and choosing the ways that you can be proactive now. You can take proactive measures now so that you can support the health and the happiness and the quality of life that you desire and that you are so, so worthy of, right? And there are so many things like I I just want to like grab you by the shoulders and shake you and be like, there are so many things you have the power to choose and do right now. No matter what age you are, I don't care if you are 17, if you are nine, I doubt any nine-year-olds are listening to this, but if you're a mom and you have kids, they can take proactive measures too, even better. And also, sidebar, because another issue, and again, this is a podcast topic for the other day, but another issue with what health and wellness and that conversation has been is, oh, health is eating less and moving more, and there's really no... Um, no awareness to adding a part of the conversation of the relationship we have to food and to our bodies and to ourselves, right? The positive, loving, kind intention behind health and wellness is equally as important, right? I, I can't stress that enough, right? Don't just be like, okay, well, I have to, I have to start eating this way and moving this way and doing these things because I'm scared, I'm scared and I hate myself and I need to punish myself and I'm bad for eating the cake. No, stop it. Take a breath. <sighs> no, okay, you're still human. I, I stand by that day and night. I again die on that hill too. You're still human. You still deserve to have those moments of diving into the Ben and Jerry's, sitting on the couch watching Netflix all day. You're still human and those are soul supportive actions. But there are still 
that stupid word that we all use, balance, right? It's finding this way of incorporating those proactive, empowering measures and actions that we can take the majority of the time and giving ourselves loving permission to enjoy and appreciate those wonderful soul-supportive indulgences some of the time, right? The intention behind the action you're taking is equally as important, okay? Choose love over fear. Love over punishment, okay? I just needed to say that. But regardless of the age you are, if you have kids that are young, um, this is a, I'm sorry, I'm all over the place, but this is a conversation. When I worked in a um, an outpatient counseling center, um, we had like a mom and some kids would bring her kids in and she was trying to, the mother was trying to like eat healthier for herself. And she'd be like, well, then they have to make the kids, you know, chicken nuggets and French fries. And I was like, why? Why can't your children eat what you're eating? Why can't they also have the vegetables and the protein, right? They're mini humans, guys. Their biological makeups are the same as as the grown-up adults. They can begin taking proactive measures too. Doesn't mean they still can't have the fun stuff, of course, But you're never too young or too old to begin taking proactive measures, okay? There are always things that you can do. You have so much more power than you have been taught to believe you do, right? You have the power to set boundaries and take more time for you and your self-care, to choose nourishing foods, to move your body, to go to bed earlier and get more sleep, to swap a TV episode for reading a little bit of a book, or to get some sun on your face and breathe in fresh air and drink water and choose yourself. Those are things that are in your power, and that is a super short list of things that are in your power, in your control, that you can begin choosing now at whatever age you are in order to support your health, to be proactive in setting your body, your mind, yourself up to live a healthier, happier, higher quality life. Okay, and so I hope you walk away from this episode with some some new ideas, some new thoughts, a little bit more thinking about your own relationship and own idea of what health and wellness really means. Right. Are there things that you've kind of put off or said have kind of said to yourself, "Ah, you know what, I'll worry about that when I actually have to. I don't want you to worry But why don't we start thinking about some of these actions right now? Why don't we find a way to start incorporating some of these proactive measures and being a little bit more motivated and empowered in choosing these things right now? Just something to really, really think about. I want you, more than anything, to be empowered in your health and well-being, to be empowered enough to be your own healer, okay? This is the number one thing that really gave me that nudge to start the feel-good nook, okay? And like I said, in the near future, I will be announcing what this business truly is, Um, 
the the Instagram account is already up and I'm slapping that baby full of value. So if you haven't already, please go follow me on Instagram at the feel good nook. But the entire mission behind this business is that I want to empower people to be proactive with their health of the entire being, right? Like something I said at the beginning of this episode, yes, the physical body, but also the mind, our mental health, our spiritual wellness, our emotional wellness. They are all interconnected. They all impact one another and they all matter. They all make a difference in your health, in your well-being, in your happiness, in how you live your life, and how you live your life at a wonderful quality, which is very important. You deserve that. Okay, you do. You're worthy of that. Okay? And so creating the Feel Good Nook, I I wanted to create this space where I can provide that. I can provide the education to to all kinds of people no matter, you know, how much money you have, no matter what kind of education you have about nutrition and health, even if you're like I have no idea what a carbohydrate is, or if you're like, "Hey, I really want to learn about the different parts of the gut microbiome like no matter where you are I want to be able to provide that education and really be a voice in the health and wellness space that is an advocate for proactive health measures and to give you your power back so you can can take those measures you can be your own healer you can protect your own being, your own wellness. You can be in your power to do those things. Okay. And so that's really what led the Feel Good Nook to be born. Um, It's something I'm so deeply passionate about is helping you to get empowered and to be proactive with your health, not just you, you know, your future children and their children and just really changing the way that we approach healthcare. I mean, you and I both know there's so many things that need to to be fixed there on such a systemic level, but you have the power to make changes in what healthcare means to you right now. Right now. There are things you can do this very second to change what it means to you. One of the biggest obstacles Um, in doing that is just not doing what you did yesterday. That's it. That is the only obstacle you have is just making the choice to not do the same thing you did yesterday. (laughs) Um, So I hope that this episode was valuable to you. I hope I didn't fry your eardrums with my passionate, loud speaking. (laughs) I hope it gave you some things to think about. If there's anything that you want to like start an open dialogue and conversation about with me or other people in this community, please connect with me on the Feel Good Nook Instagram. You know, comment on my most recent post or shoot me a DM. I would love to have conversations with you about this and your perspective of this. Even if you're like, this is so ignorant of you or and this is these are my thoughts on it. Please, by all means, let's have that conversation. Like I said, I'm going to die on this hill. (laughs) I am going to die on this hill as the number one advocate for empowered and proactive health measures for the entire being 
mind, body, soul, and emotions. Um, but I am still always open to having conversations with you. I thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. I hope it served you. I hope it was valuable to you. If it was and you feel called to do so, please share it with a friend, with a family member, with a coworker on your social media account. Um, it would mean the world to me. If you haven't already, please make sure you are subscribed to Follow Your Feel Good, the podcast on either Spotify or what is the other one? I'm so sorry, guys. I only use Spotify, but I did put it on Apple Music, Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. That's what it is. Um, And yeah, thank you guys so much. I hope you have a beautiful day and I will see you next time.